This is Against All Enemies, a show about threats to American democracy. Political violence is on the rise. An alarming percentage of Americans believe they may have to take up arms against their neighbors. Some are already doing so. Against All Enemies highlights the activities of extremist organizations and their enablers. Our goal is to educate, not to alarm. The threats are real. But if we know what we are up against, together we can beat them. It's Ken Harbaugh with Against All Enemies on the Midas Touch Network. Right now, the Republican Party is in complete disarray. I actually take no pleasure in watching this happen because our country needs all three branches of government to function. And the chaos in the Republican-controlled House of Representatives is hurting the country. If you think I'm overstating things, there is another government shutdown looming, and the Republicans have no plan to avert it. In the midst of this, some Republican representatives have blamed Democrats for failing to support Kevin McCarthy's bid to hold on to his speakership. The thinking seems to be that the Democrats are the adults in the room and should have come to the rescue. Here's just one example of that argument by Republican Congressman Darrell Issa. Uh, I think it's pretty important to understand that uh, Speaker McCarthy would still be there if, the, if 100% of the Democrats hadn't decided that his working with them wasn't going to save him. So let's first start by making the assumption that <clears throat> working with the Democrats is something you do from a position of power, not, never from a position of weakness. Uh, Kevin McCarthy literally would still be speaker if a handful of Democrats had simply voted present. They chose not to. They let him get evicted. They're as much part of the chaos as the eight members of the Republican Party who voted to, to oust him. Some prominent commentators have echoed this sentiment, but there are so many problems with that argument, not the least of which is that a vote to save McCarthy would not have solved anything. The Republican conference is so dysfunctional that at any point, a single Republican with an axe to grind could put Congress through this again. McCarthy had no ability to prevent that going forward. And it's not the job of the Democratic Party to fix the Republican Party, which even the Republicans can't do. The pettiness of Republicans who blamed the Democrats for their own dysfunction was on full display as the interim speaker, Patrick McHenry, in his first official act, evicted Nancy Pelosi from her House office while she was attending the funeral of her friend, late Senator Dianne Feinstein. Remember Patrick McHenry, the one who slammed the speaker's gavel in frustration when Kevin McCarthy was ousted? Declares the House in recess subject to the call of the chair. Of all the reasons for Democrats not to support keeping Kevin McCarthy a speaker, Liz Cheney makes the best case of all. Here she is at a speech at the University of Minnesota reminding us who Kevin McCarthy really is. I have read some press reports that I have found surprising uh, where uh, members of the press, some members of the House, express frustration or anger or surprise that the Democrats did not save Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> Kevin McCarthy, at every moment over the course of the last two years, has done more to enable and collaborate with and apologize for Donald Trump. Kevin McCarthy stood on the House floor an hour after the Capitol had been cleared and said that the objections should continue. 
He released security tapes to Tucker Carlson. He refused to abide by a subpoena that had been issued by the Select Committee, and on and on and on. So the Democrats made what is a uh, principled and honorable, and in my view, the right decision to say we cannot abide by that. The Republicans need to choose their speaker. They're in the majority, but we are not going to help to uh, enable somebody who has done those things and who has apologized and appeased Donald Trump. I think they did exactly the right thing, and it was a courageous show of leadership. Now, that still leaves us with the problem of who is going to assume the role of speaker. Apparently, the leading contender is now Jim Jordan. Donald Trump has endorsed him, and there is a growing contingent of Republican representatives lining up behind him. If that is who they truly want as their leader, I dare them to have that fight in public on the House floor for all Americans to see. Because if Jim Jordan is indeed representative of today's Republican Party, Americans should know that. Thanks for listening, everyone. I've got a quick break here, but I need a favor first. Shows like this depend on your support. Please, if you can spare five seconds, click the link to the podcast version of the show below and leave us a five-star review. It really does help. Thanks. As an Ohioan, I know who Jim Jordan is. When a 10-year-old girl from Ohio was raped and forced to flee the state because of our draconian anti-abortion laws, Jim Jordan said the story was a lie. Then when the story was confirmed, he refused to apologize and blamed Joe Biden. Today, no apology from a sitting Ohio congressman and a leader in the House Republican Party for getting the facts wrong on a flashpoint in this new post-Roe world. This week, a Columbus man was charged with raping and impregnating a 10-year-old girl. That girl then traveled to Indiana to seek an abortion because she could not get one in Ohio. President Biden, you might remember, highlighted that story in his White House remarks announcing new actions from the federal government, the administration, to try to protect abortion access. But some Republicans earlier this week denied the episode ever happened. Those Republicans included Congressman Jim Jordan, who called the allegation, quote, a lie. CNN's Mano Raja joins us now live from Capitol Hill. Mano, you had a chance to speak to the congressman earlier today. What did he say? Well, he claims that he was never questioning the girl's story. He said he was only reacting to a headline that he saw. This was uh, in reference to a story about the Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost, who claimed that story claimed that he found no evidence to support this allegation that this 10-year-old girl from Ohio had to travel to Indiana to have this abortion. Jordan tweeted another lie, anyone surprised. Then he deleted that tweet. So I asked him about that and whether he would apologize to the family. Why'd you delete the tweet? Well, because we learned that this illegal alien did this heinous crime. Um, so we deleted the tweet. Yeah. Did you apologize for the, to the girl and the family for suggesting never it was doubted, a lie? I never doubted the child. Um, I, was, I was responding to a headline from, from, uh, from uh, your profession, the news profession, which happens all the time on, on Twitter. Um, doubted Joe Biden, which is usually a smart thing to do. So then I also asked him uh, whether or not uh, he, about whether this fact that this tweet came across as if he was, in fact, questioning the child's story. He said, no, not at all. I was just questioning Joe Biden. And then I asked him about the idea about whether a 10-year-old should be 
required under the law of his state to have this child carried to term if she is raped. He would not answer that specifically, saying this is up to the state legislatures. He would not express his preference on this issue. So not apologizing for the tweet, not apologizing to the family, not regretting the tweet. But if Republicans want to elevate Jim Jordan as their leader in the House, bring it on. We'll have that fight in the full light of day and we'll show just how brutal and anti-democratic today's Republican Party has become. I'll leave you with these parting thoughts from Liz Cheney, who served with Jim Jordan for years. Now, let me say one more thing um, about what's happening now in the House. Reports are that there's going to be a speaker's race now uh, that will involve Jim Jordan. Now, there's a lot I could say about Jim Jordan. Um, but in all seriousness, Jim Jordan knew more about what Donald Trump had planned for January 6th than any other member of the House of Representatives. Jim Jordan was involved was part of the conspiracy in which Donald Trump was engaged as he attempted to overturn the election. Jim Jordan, if you think about the extent to which uh, people have now said, well, it was Speaker Pelosi's fault that Donald Trump's mob invaded the Capitol, that you know the security wasn't sufficient enough. The person who knew there were probably more than just Jim, but there was a handful of people of which he was the leader who knew what Donald Trump had planned. Now, somebody needs to ask Jim Jordan, why didn't you report to the Capitol Police what you knew Donald Trump had planned? You were in those meetings at the White House. And if the... Republicans decide that Jim Jordan should be the Speaker of the House. Um, there will, and I, by the way, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he'll lose. But if they were to decide that, there would no longer be any possible way to argue that a group of elected Republicans could be counted on to defend the Constitution. <laughs>